0: Grace to you and peace from God, our Heavenly Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our consideration today is the parable from our Gospel reading, wherein Jesus says, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. And they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Here ends our text. You may be seated. I most certainly was not alive when this song came out, but I think there is something timeless about Eleanor Rigby, by the Beatles. It's one of those rare songs, in, in my estimation at least, that I think can accurately be described as haunting. Those of you who know the song know the familiar words. Eleanor Rigby picks up the rice in the church where a wedding has been, lives in a dream, wearing a face that she keeps in the jar by the door. Who is it for? Now many people think that this song is about loneliness. As Paul McCartney himself considers all the lonely people, and where they're from, and where they belong. However, if I may, in my humble opinion, and it's one that's informed by one of my favorite seminary professors, I think that there's an additional meaning behind this song. I think in addition to the meaning of loneliness, I think this song is also about futility, Father Mackenzie writing the words of a sermon that no one will hear. I know that's not a problem we'd have here, but that phrase captures the essence of meaninglessness. What's the point? Why is he doing it? Darning his socks in the night when there's nobody there? What does he care? Why? Why would Eleanor Rigby do such a thankless job as picking up rice after a wedding? Why does it matter? Who is she doing it for? Have you ever felt similarly? Have you ever, maybe while you're at work, thought to yourself, what's the point of filling out this next report or writing out these forms? If you're in school, have you ever worked on a particularly difficult assignment and thought to yourself, oh my goodness, this is beyond pointless. For those of you out there who are Stephen ministers, have you ever gotten together with your care receiver and thought to yourself, this is going nowhere fast. He's not making any progress. Maybe I should just go ahead and end this caring relationship. If you haven't been in any of these particular situations, I think it's still safe to say That we have all been there we've all to one degree or another had this sort of crisis where we ask ourselves what is the point of all of this why do i care why do i work so hard for so little payoff am i laboring in vain these are all questions that we might think that the farmer in our parable today, he might be asking himself. Throwing this seed all over the place, not really seeming like he cares where it lands, and that not only might relay to us a feeling that he's being careless, especially by modern farming techniques, but it also seems like three-quarters of his seed is going to waste. So honestly, why does he bother? What's the point of his technique Why in the world would he scatter the seed so carelessly, so recklessly, when it seems that, at least in part, his work is in vain? Well, literally speaking, in terms of the actual farming technique, this was the technique of the day. It was anticipated, as I'm sure it is more or less nowadays, that not all of the seed will grow. For some of the seed, in our, in our parable, it was obvious from the get-go that it wasn't going to grow. When it fell along the path, see, that path was compacted dirt, and the seed had absolutely no chance of breaking through that surface, let alone actually putting down roots. Some of the seed may have looked like it fell on good soil, but just below the surface, the soil was actually rocky, And the seed, which may honestly spring up rather quickly, withers and dies simply because it doesn't have the depth necessary to produce a strong plant. Some of the seed lands on soil that looks good and it looks like it has the right depth but is infested with weeds. And as any gardener knows, weeds compete with plants. They compete for nutrients and water and sunlight, everything that the plants need, the plant needs to grow. The weeds grow stronger and faster and taller. And so the plant gets choked out. Now as Jesus said in the explanation of the parable so eloquently. We're not just talking about farming and botany here. It's easy to get discouraged and even want to give up when we see little to no results from a task that we have been laboring in, especially if it's one that we've been laboring in for quite some time. I think this is especially true of the noble task and responsibility that we all have of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sometimes the work that we put into reaching out with the gospel to others, whether they are strangers or friends or family, it can seem pretty thankless. And at times, honestly, it might seem a little pointless. Our witness might be ridiculed by passersby by only to have the joy that we had just seen on a stranger's face suddenly darken. Our proclamation might want to take root in someone's heart, only to have him abandon it at the first sign of trouble in life. And the gospel may genuinely want to take root in a friend's heart, but it simply cannot compete with the cares and the allures of the world. We all know somebody in one of more of those categories. And the work that we invest in them for the sake of the gospel, it might seem thankless, and sometimes it might seem pointless. But is it? Is it indeed? In our Old Testament lesson today, we heard Isaiah speaking for God, speaking for Yahweh, And we were told that God's word never returns to him empty, but that it always accomplishes the task for which it was sent. Isaiah had no idea how his proclamations would be fulfilled. Honestly, he probably knew that he wouldn't be around to see many of the prophecies fulfilled. But he trusted in God's word, and he trusted that promise that was made to him, the promise that he himself had proclaimed to the people, God's word does not return to him empty. That seed always fulfills the purpose for which it was sent. And so we, who are God's people, are called to spread it. But what does that spreading of the seed look like? I mean, how do do we do it? If I may, as something of an outsider, even though I'm not really an outsider after a year of ministry here, one of the things that I've always admired about St. Lawrence is its mission statement and how the people live it out. Showing people through word and deed how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. See, witness... It doesn't always have to be going around knocking on somebody's door and asking them if they know Jesus Christ. It doesn't require you to fly halfway around the world to a poor pagan village bringing with you aid and the sweet gospel of Jesus. And it doesn't always require you to just have a cup of coffee with a friend and ask them where they stand with Jesus. Those outreach ministries are all necessary. They are. Simply living the Christian life in forgiveness and compassion and justice, that is a very, very powerful witness. By simply living a repentant Christian life according to the law and the gospel, you are putting on God's handiwork. You are putting his handiwork on display. And believe me, It is noticed by others. Now I do think it's also worth noting that it's not our job to try to figure out what God is doing with that seed that he has planted through us. It's not our job to try to figure out what type of soil this person is or that person is or even what kind of soil we are. That's all for him to decide. That's all for him to take care of. All that we are called to do is to carry out our vocations and spread that seed as far and as wide as we possibly can through our words and our deeds. We trust God with the results of that spreading, and we take comfort in knowing that some of that seed that we spread is going to produce a good harvest as jesus said some of it will be a hundredfold or 30fold or 60fold we trust in his promise that while the word may not grow in all people it will grow in some our work is never futile because god's word always accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent now it also is worth noting that it may take some time for that purpose to be realized. And honestly, we may not even be around to see it. Isaiah didn't see the results of his messianic prophecies, but as history shows, they were fulfilled in the sending of God's word. They were fulfilled in the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. That was the ultimate fulfillment of God's word. He is the Word incarnate. He certainly achieved the purpose for which He was sent. And we, as His people, are the recipients of His work. Because of Him, our sins are fully forgiven. Because of Him, we don't need to fear death or the grave. And because of Him, we don't need to be fearful of or discouraged from spreading that seed. That is his word. That's our calling. That's our responsibility as Christians. To be seed spreaders. To be seed sowers. Knowing that some of it will yield a good harvest. So as Paul puts it in his letter to the Galatians. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will Reap a harvest if we do not give up. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now may the grace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I invite you to remain.